Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Force Fan Podcast on our website at forcefanpodcast.com and on your favorite podcast app. All right, Rex. What's so important that you brought us all the way back here? Hello, Master. It's been a while. Inspired by a galaxy far, far away, you're listening to Fans of the Force Podcast. Speaking about Star Wars stories, I uh, finally finished Bloodline on my vacation. Yes. And yeah. it did not disappoint. It's so good. Such a good book. And I'm not going to spoil anything, although I, I probably did, you know, in our text communications but uh <laughs> um but i i i feel like out of all the star wars books that i've read and there i haven't read nearly a drop of water in the whole bucket worth of star wars books mm-hmm. but out of the ones i've read this one stands out as being one of the better ones um in I fact one of agree. the best ones that's I a think lot from of praise the, yeah i think from the new canon books Bloodlines definitely one of the top for sure. I mean, in terms of the new new canon books, it's my favorite new canon book. But I haven't. I mean, I just cracked open the 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 first few pages of the f- first new canon Thrawn book, not the most recent Thrawn book, but the other most previous one. And I started Princess Diarist because um, I, I can read busy. one on my phone. And one I have at you know at my bedside. It's an actual book, so mm-hmm. so I'm gonna try to read two books at once, which is just silly. Wow, go John, go, dude! Wow. Princess Diarist is something else. It, it'll change the way you think about a few things. So far, so I, good. I yeah. mean, I'm really digging it. It's really good. And I also finished on alliances. So you you spoil bloodlines oh, yeah. for me. How, I spoil how? alliances for you. Boom. There you go. Well, I'm not on alliances so, yet, so I still have the opportunity to forget everything you said. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Adrian, you didn't mention how you you mentioned that you finished it late last night, but you didn't mention anything that you thought about it. It I'm sucks. Curious. It sucks. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. It didn't suck. I liked it. I really dug it. But I have to disagree with you, Kat. I enjoyed the Vader Thrawn stuff more than oh. the Anakin Thrawn stuff. Really mm-hmm. interesting. See, I I didn't mind. So, <laughs> I mean, I didn't mind it. I, I got a little tired of it at the end because um, my personal feeling is that Vader probably would have snapped and just killed him. Uh, See, I was getting to that point, <laughs> but too. But you couldn't like... really end the book like that. So, because, because we know that that doesn't actually happen to Thrawn. So, a part of me was like... Vader felt a little more lenient. Remember, though, he he kept thinking about Palpatine just being like, oh, no, he likes this guy. I probably shouldn't kill him. You know, just, (laughs) yeah. But, yeah, we should totally talk about it uh, off the record so we don't uh, ruin it for John. (laughs) Don't spoil it. Yeah, totally. Oh, is is John here? God, that guy just won't go away. (laughs) <laughs> and just like that he's back 
Just like that, he's back, and he's ready to talk Star Wars. What do you say we start this podcast officially? Do it. Sounds good. All right. Welcome, Star Wars fans. This is Fans of the Force podcast. I'm your host, John Frederick. Along with me, as you know, are my wonderful companions, Cat Ray and Adrian. What's going on, everybody? Hey, John. And uh, boy, yeah, I, I had a, a little vacation time, celebrated my seventh anniversary with my lovely wife. We were at the coast doing some glamping with the smallest <laughs> dog I've ever met, our dog Penny Lane. And she was a little two and a half pound chihuahua. And uh, we had, uh, I guess it was, I guess it was, uh, yeah, she's tiny, dude. Wow. Um, she's tiny. And uh, I guess we were at the coast for, you know, four nights, five days, that kind of thing. It was uh, fantastic. Just digging it. Not not too plugged into the world and and taking long walks by the ocean. It was, it was totally awesome. But I'm back. Sounds fabulous. We're ready to rock and roll. Let's talk some Star Wars. And today's big topic, yeah. Adrian. Uh, what are we covering? Finally continuing our little mall arc breakdown stuff with the next round of episodes Woo-hoo. from the Clone Wars. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Do we want to talk a little bit of news or you just want to dive right into mall? I feel like well, you want to talk, talk some a news. news. What, what kind of news? Little what, news. What kind yeah. of news we what, got? We got some interesting news. Um, we've got a new cat. Is it interesting? Well, I don't know. You tell me, I guess. Uh, <laughs> we've got a new cast member joining episode nine. Oh, Dominic yeah. Monaghan, previously of Lord of the Rings. And I wonder if, we'll, if he'll introduce to Star Wars sick and breakfast. <laughs> Part of me hopes so that I would. I'm pretty sure the Huts already did that, but. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that was announced last week, late last week. Yes. No info about what he'll or who he'll be playing, but cool to Grand have. Animal Throng another... confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> Ray's parents confirmed. Ray's parents. Ray's <laughs> brother <laughs> plot twist. He has a brother too. Leia's actually been recast. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Can we start that rumor? Uh, would that be funny? Do you think that would yeah. go viral? We should test that. No. It might get some hate mail. Somebody somebody <laughs> um somebody photoshopped some space buns on his on his head and um, <laughs> and float that idea out there. Hey yeah. Hey, have you guys heard that 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 Lord of the Rings guy is he's playing Princess Leia now in the new Star Wars? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like that's 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 I don't know, man. That's it's, a weird choice. <laughs> yeah, so so there's, many heads would explode. Maybe Kathleen Kennedy's thinking outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kathy. God. Yeah. Uh, no, but all yeah, that's pretty neat. Great, more 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 white males taking all the Star Wars roles. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a brunette. Uh, right. Yeah. Like we need another one of those. <laughs> but in all but in all seriousness uh, you um, know I, I think it's great news it's exciting I, I love him, him as an actor I loved actor. him in Lost and he was fantastic in Lord of the Rings so I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with him 
I haven't yeah. seen those movies. Same. Oh yeah, Lord yeah. of the Rings. Watch Lost. Lord of the Rings or Lord of, or Lord of the Rings. What? Okay, child, come on. Right. I mean, all right. <laughs> we're we're gonna have to plan a sleepover. All right. I'm kidding. That's I'm like, kidding, that's uh, like, dude. I, I own yeah, the extended okay. editions. Oh. It's a Thanksgiving right. tradition. I was a little for me. nervous. <laughs> right. Okay, I was start. So like that's your Labor Day weekend homework. But okay, all right. 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 I tend to watch them on on the thank, over Thanksgiving breaks. You got me. Ooh, yeah, I got you guys. Good. Good. You told me. Yeah, you, you totally you did. <laughs> um, we also have a new new book alert. We are getting a book focused on Han Solo, Star Wars icons, Han Solo, which will come out November thirteenth, uh, and it's written by Gina McIntyre. And we'll delve into Han's role in the novels, comics, and video games and features exclusive new interviews with Harrison Ford, Alden Ehrenreich, Mark Hamill, Billy Dee Williams, Peter Mayhew, Ron Howard, J.J. Abrams, Lawrence Kasdan, Jonathan Kasdan, and more. Oh, I see. So it's not not a a story. It's... No. It's like a making of Han Solo type of thing. It's like a compendium. That's cool. Right. I I love icons, right? That's That's what they're called? It's called... Yes, Star Wars icons. I'm s- I that has to be a new series that they have to do for like every character or or ship. Man, I, that would be why not? Book two is Vader. It has to be Vader. Yeah. Oh sure, <laughs> sure. But I mean, it it sounds like that the author Gina McIntyre has really gone through the archives and you know pulled up early iterations of the script and George Lucas's notes and gone back through his interviews and there's going to be a lot of concept art and how Han evolved you know prior to what we see on screen and all this stuff. So it's really going to cover a lot and it sounds like it's really cool. It's not inexpensive. Um, I'm going to think I'm going to put it on my Christmas list. Uh, but <laughs> Cadre putting yeah. a oh, Star Wars a book on a Christmas list. What? It's, it's got a yeah, Christmas what? list price tag. That's scary. Yeah. Yes. It's got, it's, it's got a, well, it, you know, it's kind of on par with the, uh, the making of the original trilogy books. Um, okay. so those were about, I think those retailed about, you know, $50 and that's what the retail price on this one is set at. I mean, I'm sure Amazon will have it for less, but how much was it again? You know, fifty, fifty, five zero, fifty, fifty dollar. Yeah, that's why it's a Christmas list book. <laughs> yeah, I get someone else to pay for it. I, I see what you do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But it it does look really cool, and I think it's awesome that they're going to have interviews with all these different people, including the two people that have played him on screen. So, yeah. So Alden cool. and that other guy. That's cool. Yeah, the you know whatever his name was. Um, uh, ha- ha- Hammy Fist Forge. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's um, it. You got it. <laughs> you mean George Lucas didn't play him? <laughs> right. Let's <laughs> well, see. I look forward to seeing that. Maybe yeah, I have totally. Yeah. Bugs, I will. I will probably sit down and read that whole thing in Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Maybe they will have it at your local library plug. Uh. (laughs) Oh my God. I am so in love with the library right now. Are you? So many audiobooks. I'm just checking out and listening. (laughs) And it's so good. I'm reading again. Good job. 
Support your local library. Do it. Do it. Nice. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the leaked set photos? Um, um, I mean, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to in a audio format, but I think there's a few things we could touch on. Um, the one image I saw was the one where there were two horses wearing uh, bantha suits, I guess, to put it in I some I mean, yeah, sort of contact, they'll probably be contact. CGI-ing them. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, CGI-ing their faces, clearly. They have tracking dots on their orange, faces. So. Orange strips, on, yeah, on their faces. So so I think the heads will be CGI'd, but I think the bodies, you know, with the Wookiee hair or Bantha hair or whatever. Yeah, whatever um, it was. See, Those I was hoping stay I was hoping that would say. be the actual look of them, like the one dog alien thing from that old Star Trek episode where it is obviously a dog in like a costume. <laughs> in a costume. Right. <laughs> but they treat it yeah. like an alien. I'm hoping for that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you have unlimited budget, basically, we'll but, you know, sometimes less is more. And I think this is one of those times where less, less is, more. is definitely more. Well, it's like the dogs that were in Solo. Oh, right. Those were dogs in costumes, <laughs> those right? Those were dogs in costumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This were is, they? Yeah, they were. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know that they did. I know the that cor- they did. The Corellian the... Hounds. No. They might have CG'd over them in the final thing. Oh yeah, probably. I mean, it's I, kind of like, like the um, they were in the some seriously foxes. padded suits. Mm. Well, that's that's something to look out for when when Solo comes out on Blu-ray because there are the behind-the-scenes photos showing the dogs in the costumes. Yeah, but I never. Oh. We should look on. We should check How on the Blu-ray. I, are those CG? Right. Did I miss that? Oh, I com- I, I guess know. I completely missed that at some point along the way. I completely missed that those were. Dogs and costumes. So hey, learn something new. Hey, we got one more on Cat Ray. Yeah, yeah. There you wow. go. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't think the the leaked photos, at least to me, weren't super spoilery. I mean, we see Finn and Poe and Chewie, yeah. mm-hmm. and they're on a planet somewhere talking to some people. Right, <laughs> that's looked, basically that it. Looks like they'd be in the resistance, po- quite possibly helping yeah. them. Maybe they're recruiting them. Local resistance type memory people. Yep. Honestly, it looked like they landed on a set of Lord of the Rings, so maybe that's where the Lord of the Rings connection comes in. It's a crossover. Hey, there we go. There we go. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I've heard a few people bring up Lothal because of all of the grass, which Lothal definitely has that kind of plains feel to yeah, it. What was the the one I heard is that it that they might be at um uh Galaxy's Edge to tie in oh, Ooh, Batu. Batu. the Disney the Disneyland. Yeah. yeah. Which is quite possible. Yeah. I guess we You will know see. what that does make sense cuz they're really hyping it up and you know, not just the park, but also in the last Thrawn book, right? So, mm-hmm. huh? You know what? That's, that's just a rumor a that I heard floated. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah, quite Why possible. Not? Why not? Or Tatooine just had a really good couple of years. Nice. <laughs> I the other side doubtful. of Tatooine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other side of the Musher Musher Farm. Yeah. So anyway, it's kind of exciting to have 
our first quote unquote look at episode nine. Let the fan speculation begin. I oh, think it already has. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about there was like a week before, and I saw something, you know, somewhere was like, "Oh, what are your theories?" And I was like, "It's too early. Like, we don't even have any <laughs> sort of information," you know. And then, lo and behold, leaked photos. Even then, man, there's just photos, and like, like we said earlier, there is just no, there's nothing of substance in those images, really. So, yeah, I agree. It's cool. It's neat. It's real. It's happening. But there's nothing... I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. What one of the other photos was a wooded area where you could just mm-hmm. barely see part of the falcon. Oh, right, right. And people are mm-hmm. are trying yeah, to speculate. That's what it certainly that looked like. Maybe that that location could be um outside of uh where Maz Kanata's castle was. Mm. Like they return back to that planet, mm. or or possibly Endor. No, or it wouldn't be Endor. It would be another I... forest moon like Endor, but not Endor. <laughs> but not Endor. <laughs> because those trees are not tall enough. I'm just saying, no. everybody thought it was Tatooine back with it in the TFA days, and it'd being Jakku. Yeah. Good point. So, Jakku. Why does everybody want to go back to Jakku? Why does everybody want to go back to Endor? Bunch of filthy teddy bears all over the place, man. Because the Ewoks are amazing. Yeah, as long as they're not trying to eat you. I like Ewoks. I, I tell everything. No problem with no Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, why don't we move along? Do it. We'll move move right Talk along to uh, talking some mall. Yeah, and uh, and it starts with. Uh, Season five, is it, which episodes is it? Uh, is 14, it 14, 15, and 16. Yes. That's mm-hmm. what I have written down in my notes, or did have written down in my notes until I erased it to to, to say something else. Whoops. I got to say, I'm so glad we rewatched this because I forgot how much I love these three episodes. They're These so well are done. so good, so yeah. good. Yeah, some. I mean, maybe some of the best that Clone Wars has had to offer. Honestly, I totally agree. And totally you know, agree. I'm. It, it sounds like her hy- hyperbole, but you know, honestly, this little trio of episodes. The music is excellent. The animation yeah. is excellent. The story yeah. is excellent. Like it's it's so good. Um, I mean, it is what the, season the five. Easter so. eggs are excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this this whole trio of episodes is good. Yeah. It's good. So good. Yeah. I watched them twice, and oh, cool. both both times I was like, oh yeah. I should watch these more, except that they're actually kind of sad. They're Very pretty sad. brutal, yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I, I actually really like. Like last episode, you, you both talked about how um, the other Star Wars series had had really dark episodes and really kid-friendly episodes, and that it would mm-hmm. kind of sling back and forth from those two playgrounds, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. one definitely was more adult centric uh, yes. by leaps and bounds. And um, 
in fact, maybe, maybe, gosh, maybe more so than anything else in Clone Wars. It was very adulty. It's yeah, these these three episodes are pretty brutal. There's kind of a lot of plotting and counterplotting that's going on and people are getting killed uh <laughs> left and right, dropping yeah. like flies. Um uh but still, <laughs> even with all that, they're really good. And I I mean, to me from a mall standpoint, these episodes are maybe some of the most heartbreaking from his story because you can see, like, from the very beginning in um, Eminence, that first episode, episode 14, uh-huh. um, you know, he's still very much in that, like, I'm a Sith Lord, you know, kind of trying to cement himself, reclaim would be a better word, reclaim his place as a Sith and over the course of three, these three episodes, he's trying to do that. And then it all is just completely stripped away. Well, and let's talk about that first episode. Um, and, and cause I mean, it's just great setup for where his character is, is going and the path that, that he's going on. So um, essentially this is Maul and Savage, his brother, um, you know, meeting up with the Death Watch and really starting to grow an army for themselves mm-hmm. so that they can, you know, do whatever Sithy things they want to do, you know? <laughs> and and the other cool thing about, you know, Death Watch with, uh, uh, what's his name? Is it Gar Saxon? Is that? No, well, in this, at this point, it's pre Vizsla. Previously, yeah, previously, yeah. yeah, and 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 voiced by what's his name? Yeah, what's his name? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> what's his name, Adrian? You gotta be more specific. There's a lot of guys in this show. Yeah, the guy, the guy who 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 Pre-Vizla. voices Previsla. I don't know who voices Previsla, but I can oh, look come it up. On. Yeah, quick. you do. Oh my gosh, you I guys. Do? What's the same guy who voices Rio in Solo? The director. What's his name? Oh, That's John Favreau? John Favreau. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. my God. Oh, I, I feel... could hear. I was, li- oh I was my watching. God. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So That's the whole why. Time, hilarious. The whole time I'm watching him, I'm thinking of, of Rio. The whole time. <laughs> Whoa. Well, it is funny because this episode really does set up what happens, what we see in Solo. Because you've got Maul, who's kind of got his long con going on here, where he's consolidating right. the power of these criminal empires. Yeah. The Black yeah. Sun, the Pikes, uh-huh. the Huts, you know. So right. it's really, this helps set up what we see in in Solo, even though obviously at the time we had no idea that was coming. And it's but a, this it, really glazed the ground. I mean, they call it what rising sun in solo right crimson dawn crimson dawn that is the yeah it's crimson dawn yeah that's right that's right so they had the black sun which you know reminded me when they they brought in the black sun i'm like yeah that easily could have been prince jijor you know 
<laughs> Zizor or whatever his name is. Because they had the black Zizor. Zizor. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I they're all dead. You know, it could have been him instead Except of Except for the Maul. one guy. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just, right before before I forget, Kat, you just brought up the huts? Yeah. Do you guys get a kick mm-hmm. out of the out of the Marlon Brando hut and the other, like, stereotypical, like, crime boss <laughs> huts that are there in right. the little council? Yeah. That Yeah, that was pretty funny. I'm amazed that there are so many of them. Huts. Freaking that love is. that. And they look, some of them look so different than Jabba, you know, with, like, yeah, Jabba's know, basic. recruiting chins and stuff, you know? Or yeah. like the fancy headpieces or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Jabba's Jabba's simple. He he don't need none of that. Right. <laughs> he he just goes out in the birthday suit. That's all he needs. Yeah. Sporting his tattoo. But then the uh, freaking Mar- Marlo. I think his name is actually Marlo. He has the little mustache and like the hair. That's just so weird. I don't know. Do huts have hair? <laughs> Is like no. this dude like straight no. up wearing a headpiece, a hairpiece? I don't know. I I don't I don't think us maybe, have hair. Maybe they just you know Marlo, Marlon Brando, Marlo. They wanted to make. I'm him sure look that's like, where. Yeah, I'm sure that's where it comes from. No, that's what I mean. I'm they sure they, that... they added in canon that huts can grow hair if they want, or <laughs> or wear toupees, or they or wear hairpieces. Yeah, that's awesome. Just wanted to point that out, just because they love it so much. <laughs> but here's I mean, this, here's Maul. So this first, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that this first episode seems it's primarily like a setup episode. Like there's a lot oh, that yeah. happens, but it's kind of setting up what's going to happen in the tech in the next two episodes with Maul and Previsla quote unquote working together to consolidate power, even though it's already starting to become apparent that they don't necessarily have the same aims. (laughs) Yeah. Both sides just trying to play each other pretty much. (laughs) Uh, And then with us knowing, you know, that, um, that the death watch are, are vastly underrating mall and Savage and and power. But yeah. but to me, I think the most I forgot how completely brutal that scene with the black sun was. Mm-hmm. Oh I yeah, mean, I completely forgot about the mass decapitation by the hand of <laughs> Savage Opress on that whole row of of crime bosses for the black sun. That was just like, how could I forget that? Such a stunning moment. Blacked it out. Yes, yeah. It's a kid's show, people. Where are we watching this? Right. (laughs) It's a kid's show for kids, guys. Kids love decapitations. Yeah, Yeah, this... (laughs) I mean, between between that and the the huts, um, you know, at the end you get Jabba being like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to work with you. We're going to join you or however... The droid translates it, and then, right? But before that, you know, you have the one poor hut that's just completely <laughs> ugh, <laughs> cut in two by Savage or something. Ugh, cut into like a ham. by Savage, yeah. And then, and then Savage and Maul just, you know, all out beat down on the bounty hunters that the huts employ. Yeah, some familiar faces there. 
which felt a little weird in this episode because you're like, there's already so much going on. You know, Maul and Savage have been rescued. They're starting to consolidate this criminal empire. And then, oh, by the way, we're also going to throw in like a five minute fight with a bunch of bounty hunters that you've seen before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah, this whole episode was just like to an extent fan service because for that reason, because yeah, I mean, nothing really happened. It was, like, it was one long montage setting up the next two episodes. And there's a montage full of all these like winks and Easter eggs. I mean, Musafar, right? They went to Musafar. So that's another little thing for us to uh, geek out about. Was that, was that planet supposed to be Mustafar? Was it not? I mean, they, that's how it reads, I guess. But I, I wasn't was sure. Maybe. I should look that up now. <laughs> I cannot stand to be wrong. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's Lucifer. Oh, okay. All right. All right. There you go. Not wrong. Not wrong. Yeah. I mean, it certainly looks like when they do kind of the flyover, so I'm not surprised, but. God, can making me doubt myself there for a bit. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You settled it quickly. It's okay. Let's move on. <laughs> But I agree. Yeah, that was totally a setup episode, and it needed to be. And I'm okay with it being kind of a big montage. Um, you know, things moved quickly in that episode. It didn't drag at all. They didn't go into some big long dissertation about um, anything really. And it <laughs> it had it had good pace, a lot of action. It was beautifully directed. Yeah, I, I thought it was a, a really solid lead-in in this three-parter. We should bring up the animation um, in the first part of that episode where they find Maul and Savage, and they got that yes, layer of frost yes. on them. Yeah. Yes. And a few moments and later when they're in the ship, breath. it's melting. Yes. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, the level of detail in that animation was masterful. That, that was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, as that as that whole three-part episode went, I mean, it just seemed like every shot had this layer of beauty. Now, we, we, you talked about um, the new Resistance uh, show that's coming out and how the faces, uh, you know, just don't work for you and stuff like that. And I was noticing the faces of, you know, the characters without helmets in this episode. And it looked like oil paintings that had been rendered to speak. I mean, mm -hmm. there was texture to to the cheeks mm -hmm. and the and the jaw mm -hmm. lines and the brows and and all that stuff. And it it had this really really cool artistic flow to it that was so detailed yet so simple. And um, I was really really into the stylized look of all the characters. Um, it, I mean, the, the beauty of, of the work that they did on this series really shines in these three episodes from the cityscapes to, uh, the way they did some explosions were like, really kind of like they used a lot of blues instead of a lot of reds and oranges in some of the stuff. And it was just really, it had a cool pop to it visually. 
the um, subtle glow and in the, the Sith eyes was a very nice touch that I loved every time yeah. they were on screen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just from an artistic standpoint, was so good. And to go back to, since, like, one of the things I, I wanted to comment on on last episode, um, when you were talking about uh, Resistance, the cartoon coming out, you're right. It's the faces. Mm-hmm. They look unfinished. They look like they started to render them, and they haven't gone in and put the details in. And that's going to bug the heck out of me from now on. So you're right. You know, at first I was like, wow, it's beautiful. But I was looking at the overall picture <laughs> of, like, the ships and the movements and stuff like that. It looked great. But when you focus on the, the character faces, they look unfinished to me. Um, so, uh, but in, in these episodes, you can't get better, in my opinion. This is, this is some of the best artistic work that we've seen in, in Star Wars animation. Yeah, it is much more yeah. unique looking than Rebels, in my, I agree. In my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> All right, so why don't we move on? Let's get past this setup and get into the main attraction. Yes, right. let's get into yeah. the talk about Shades of Reason and the Lawless. Ooh, the Lawless. Too close. Yeah. Oof. I know, I kind of want to skip right to three. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ooh. I mean, I think, I think for me, the biggest, I mean, and I said this a little bit earlier, but, you know, the these episodes for me are really Maul, like, trying to make the most of his Sithness, I guess. And so, you know, you've got you've got Maul and Vizsla who are then, you know, at first they kind of have a common goal, but now they're starting to work against each other or, you know, they're both plotting against each other. And Maul knows that Vizsla's not happy, you know, and so the the planning here felt very, you know, right in line with that Sith, you know, kind of plan plan as many contingencies because you know maul's not maul's not an idiot whatever else you know maybe he's a little crazy but he's also not an idiot so he he knew what was coming with Vizla. but yeah we have we have maul here really kind of taking the spotlight and um and really asserting himself as um as a force to be reckoned with and gathering uh, the Mandalores on his side and really bolstering um, a small army that he's creating. And, you know, and Savage with just his, his brute, brute strength. strength. Oh, there yeah. You <laughs> and he's just, you know, so powerful with the force, but it seems like he's fairly untrained in it at the same time. Um, because he's just so animalistic in his fighting style. Uh, it's really cool. Straight up sounds like a lion sometimes. Right. Nice little yeah. detail in the audio there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This this episode, uh, I, I, I agree. I love the character work here with Maul. But I, I, I don't know. I, just, I can't help but feel it's a little wonky or weird in the first half. Just... Once we're actually seeing the plan, the plan go into motion, it's very, don't worry, we'll save the day. 
back, yeah, foul criminal, I, back. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but in this in this episode, you've got you know the the pre Vizsla, the betrayal of of Maul, and you know, aha, uh-huh, you know, you you think you're in control here, but I'm in control. And then Maul comes back and says, uh, "Hang on a second. Um, <laughs> let's settle this mano e mano." Yeah, and and just an epic battle between the two of them. True that. Second half of this episode was yeah, fantastic. What's, yeah, what's what's interesting is that when you look at, I guess it's the first episode in this kind of trilogy, um, you know, Savage is doing most of the work, right? You know, they go to Black yeah. Sun, it's Savage that kills everyone. When they go to the right. huts, it's Savage, you know. Yeah. He, he stops the knife that... Um, is coming straight from Maul, and then he kills one of the huts. And, you know, later they're both fighting in the hallway, but, you know, you kind of see Savage doing most of the work, and I have to wonder if that was a purposeful choice by Maul to kind of let pre Vizsla think, oh, you know, he says he's a Sith, but, you know, we haven't really seen him do very much, you know, it's it's his apprentice, Savage, that's doing most of the work and maybe kind of underestimating Maul's set actual up to physically. Yeah. Oh, that's you know, so his brilliant. physical if, capabilities. I hadn't so, thought of and it then, like that. That's and then you get yeah, and then you get the the single combat at the end and, you know, I think Pre Vizsla's kind of thinking like, well, this is gonna be easy you know it's not savage it's maul and what has maul done he's not been doing any of the hard work he's just been kind of like lording it over <laughs> all of us and you know even with the force and then he severely underestimates what maul is actually capable of um so i i have to wonder if that was i mean you know consciously set up by Mall slash the creators of these episodes, but even if not, it works out that way. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, and I hadn't thought of it in those in those contexts uh, that maybe it was a setup for that moment. I mean, that if so, that's like planning things out in in it so far ahead that it's almost ridiculous and incredibly brilliant on Mall's behalf. Well, he learned. He learned from the best, you know, Sidious, who was pretty Uh good at planning things. That's true. That's very true. The only thing there is that when they escape the cell, he has Savage do the same thing, even though they're in private. That's true. And maybe part of that is also, you know, he's acting in the role of master. (laughs) He's yeah, yeah, lording it, lording it up a little. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I noticed that too. You know, he's still, but in in that context, I'm almost wondering. I mean, in both contexts, both in in Eminence and in Shades of Reason, you know, he is still, in addition to maybe letting himself be underestimated for his own purposes, you know, also kind of cementing that I'm the master, mm-hmm. you're the apprentice. If I tell you to do something, you need to do it. 
So, which works because Savage does. So, and also ultimately, Pre Vizsla goes out a la Django Fett. Oof, yeah. With his own blade, no less. Maul with the the dark saber. Yeah, yeah, that was gruesome. Just brutal. Brutal. To point out that these two episodes are pretty badass, and there's not a single Jedi in them, so it's all just. That's true. Yes. Maul, Mandalorian driven. There's no Republic separatists. This is its own little thing. Which, and I think that's why I was watching them. It it dawned on me. The same exact thing. I'm like, this is good. This is solid, solid storytelling without any of the primary characters in this series. Mm-hmm. Yes. Until we get to episode three. Yeah, that's three. true, too. I think that's why we like him so much, because it doesn't get bogged down with the whole political side of the, of the show. Something yeah. that the next episode kind of almost falls into. I mean, you do get a little bit of the political side because we do see Satine, you know, addressing the crowd and, you know, it harkens back to some of those earlier episodes. Oh, no, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm referring episodes. specifically to the larger Clone Wars conflict. Like, it's, oh, yeah. oh, yes. Sorry. Yes, you're you're right. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the political side oh no this all both of these episodes are just isolated events that are going on on the down low Mm -hmm. beneath the larger conflicts and they're all much stronger for that because they're not worrying about connecting to anything else until the third episode where they do make the connection and then immediately get rid of it just get out of the way (laughs) so they can continue the awesomeness yeah yeah i mean i think if anything these episodes are a good model potentially a good model for what you know since we've already dropped his name once John Favreau um <laughs> you know who's going to be making a Star Wars show yeah you know i think these are good episodes for an example of how you can do how you could do a show within the Star Wars universe by taking familiar elements and then, you know, removing it from whatever the central conflict is, in this case in the Clone Wars, but like John Favreau's show is going to happen after the Battle of Endor. So, you know, I think I think these are a successful example of how well, and the, you know, and the rumor got is these things playing it's out. Have some Mandalore context to it as well. Potentially, potentially. That's the that's the 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 line that some people are speculating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another reason I brought it up. (laughs) It works. It plays well with that. But I'm, you know, just just in general about how these things can go be going on side by side. You know, we know there's a larger galactic conflict going on and the key players are elsewhere. But this story still works in the context of the Star Wars universe. They sure as heck do. You know, it really fleshes out the universe, too. You know, you can you know, it's just an excellent, excellent exercise in in creating more texture and and more things for fans to really kind of uh, grasp onto without using the primary characters of the series. And I, 
I thought it was, it did not escape me. And I'm glad you, you brought that up, Adrian. It was, uh, it was really cool. And, and, uh, I, I love seeing that kind of stuff, but well, then, well, hold on. Well, well, now that we're on that, right. Is it because we're not, yeah. uh, is it because we're not playing with like the major characters or because we're breaking the mold here? As far as like episode structure, because Clone Wars, your basic Clone Wars episode is join the Republic. No, join the Separatists. Join us. Join us. It's all politically driven. Right. It's all war driven. Sure. So these episodes that are not that really, really stick out. And I think it even a lot of the writers who just really go crazy with whatever they wanted because they weren't married to whatever was going on. Even when and they I think were you're right. uh, I, playing with like... I think main cast members like so Kenobi and the other one he'll be once like a major player in the next episode but he does a lot of cool different stuff that we never see him do anywhere else yeah because he's not being utilized in the traditional manner right but I think you're right I think that both of those things play into it and, yeah. and that's what makes it so special you know um and it works and, and that's the cool thing so when you when you can't expect something when you can't predict something it becomes innately more exciting that way and it who could have <laughs> predicted this this arc you know happening the way it did with the so many surprises that it has because in this third episode the whole world is on fire you know <laughs> this third episode and yeah and this this yeah. is easily hands down hell. hands down my favorite episode of the three um, and maybe because it does introduce one of the key players back into it. And <laughs> two. he's two. Yeah. Two. Um, absolutely two. Um, but I was referring primarily to Obi-Wan. Right. Um, the other character just is the freaking cherry on top. You know, we'll get to that. But yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan coming in and not really disobeying orders, but just. But handling things on his own. Yeah. yeah. He, he pulled a Skywalker. Handling things that's, that's on his own. He totally yeah, pulled a Skywalker. Yeah, I was going to say he's, great way to put it. He's taking notes f- taking notes from his old Padawan, former yep. Padawan. And his crappy uh, chip. Was, <laughs> chip. As as soon as Yoda as comes you, on the screen, I'm like, "Oh yeah, there's this whole other world to this cuz I was so sucked into it, you know?" And I was like, "Man, yeah. this is cool. There's Yoda and there's Obi-Wan and and the big conehead dude, Kiati Mundi. Kiati Mundi. Yeah. <laughs> um, who I I don't like the way they was he up, really? But. Yeah. Was he? I, was he even really necessary? Like I feel like we could have kept the conversation to. Yeah. Obi- really? No. Okay. No. There, well, there, there had to be. There had to be a third voice in there, because it I sets guess. up the sides. Right. It's like no, we're you know we've got to do our things the right the Jedi way. Isn't that right, Kiata Mundi? Absolutely. We got to do things our way. We can't, you know. And now here's Obi-Wan going, screw you guys. I'm picking up the ball, and I'm going to go play over on this field. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but to be fair, I it could have totally. I don't play it by been, your rules. It could have been Kid I mean, Fisto. It could have been, been Mace. It could have been. It could have. Yeah. yeah. It could have. But it was It was cool that they, it could have been Mace. It could have been Plo Koon. It could have been. Uh, Barris Ophi, anybody, you know. Um, but Kiati Mundi doesn't have too many moments in 
in the Clone Wars. That's true. That's true. He does not. So why not throw him a bone in this case? Oh, uh, before I forget, was anyone else yeah. disappointed that uh, Satine's message didn't end with "Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi"? You're my only hope. Absolutely, yes. That's a missed I... opportunity. Absolute I missed think... opportunity. I, <laughs> I, mm, I think that combine if you if they had done that and then combined that with Maul Maul's saying a presence, presence I, have I have not, not felt, felt since, since right. trail yes. <laughs> right. No, but that's what I mean. I if you make that... Maul do it, why not have Kenobi do it too? Exactly. exactly. And now, now this, is, this is coming from the same guy who just said things that, that you can't predict are inherently more interesting. <laughs> Except for... Except for when, you, when they're callbacks when to your favorite movie. When you've got this amazing <laughs> setup right there, and you don't go for for where everybody knows you should go. Yeah. To it be leaves fair, you wanting. It is, it is slow-hanging fruit, but it doesn't mean it wasn't it sweet totally. slow-hanging fruit. It is. <laughs> She didn't to, have, it didn't have to, to be verbatim either. Time, it totally could have been just a quick right. Obi Wan. You're my only hope. Some a variation of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. That that might have worked. Or if she'd started saying, you know, help me, Obi Obi Wan, and then like that's when they'd cut off the <laughs> the transmission or something. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that could be have like, worked. Something yeah, like that. Help me, yeah, Obi Wan totally. Kenobi. You're and yeah. then just. I'm your what? I'm your what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you, you make so, Maul yeah, do it, I, you can have Kenobi do it, they're two sides of the same coin, I'm just saying. It, it, wait 30 seconds yes. and I'll contradict myself again, but you're right, that was yeah. low-hanging <laughs> fruit that they should have picked up an eight, you know? <laughs> I mean, so so Adrian, you you brought up something just now that I want to talk about, is that the lawless is a really excellent character study for ex exactly what you said, that Maul and Obi-Wan are two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. One went to the dark and one went to the light. And, you know, we even, you know, Obi-Wan, when he gets in front of Maul, even brings up the point, like, you didn't have a choice. You were, you know, you were taken from your family and kind of forced to go on this path. And, you know, in a way, the same could be said for Obi-Wan totally. becoming a Jedi. He was taken from his family. He didn't have any say in it. Presumably his family had some say, but he didn't have a say. And he's been taken and raised on the light side while Maul has been taken and raised on the dark. And then they've kind of, you know, their destinies have become intertwined in a way. You know, they've both had to suffer losses you know, uh, Maul of part of himself, Obi-Wan of his mentor. Wait, hold on. Know, so while well, you're on yeah. that, the comparisons, though, go so much deeper this episode. Because Maul and Savages, yes. the battle with Palpatine is essentially the same one with Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Maul in episode one. Wait, don't, yes. don't ruin the Palpatine thing yet. That's uh, too late. <laughs> Bro, this episode came out like seven years ago. I know. Oh, God, this show's getting old, but so good. But anyway, that 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 whole battle is essentially like the same thing. Maul helplessly watches yes. as the Sith cuts down someone and kills to his him. the person. Yes, the person that he loves most at this point 
in his life, you know, is ruthlessly murdered. And basically, this episode is kind of all about Maul getting like the Sith squashed out of him. And I don't mean that in a, <laughs> I don't mean that as an anagram. Uh, <laughs> like, but you know, that was quite literal. To this point, no, it's quite literal because, you know, <laughs> these episodes have been building in malls, you know, like, I am a Sith master. We are the Sith. And then Sidious shows up and he's immediately falling back into that, oh, master, you know, I'm doing this for you to please you. And then Sidious just unleashes on him, not surprisingly. Um, and But at the end, you know, he's basically, I mean, I think he even says at one point that, like, you're not Sith anymore. I have a new apprentice. And... He's become a rival, then, is what he says. Yeah, yeah. And so... <laughs> And then at the very end, he says, I have other plans for you. And then that's where it's like, way to leave us hanging. And we don't get anything until they bring him back in Rebels. And I know this is skipping ahead a little, but it's it's relevant because at that point, you know, Maul is like, I don't have anything to do with the Sith. I don't, you know, well, I don't like them. We got, we got I, the resolution to that in the comic. Yes. It would have been amazing to see that actually play out, like, planned originally but we we yeah. did see what those uh plans ended up being for him and it's pretty freaking devastating too yes i mean <laughs> i mean but i mean like it's no wonder right that maul has basically given up on being a sith by the time that we see him in rebels given what happens in this episode mm -hmm. and then in the comic son of dathomir um yeah, what I'm, what? <laughs> I hear a voice from yonder. What happened? I'm just going to have to tune in to the next episode, John. I didn't read the comic! <laughs> sorry. Damn, that was pretty mean, Cat. <laughs> uh, sorry. I'm not a nice person sometimes. <laughs> um... But yeah, that's 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 another. Uh, we're not skipping over the comic. We 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 that's that comic is really 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 important. It it is a, the best uh, segue from the Clone Wars to Rebels Mall because it just leaves them perfectly set up for for that, and it also yes, leaves them set yeah. up for a nice little uh, solo type of connection there. Mm -hmm. So well, that's getting a little farther ahead, but. Yeah. Yes, yeah. The comic but is I mean, pretty freaking important. Yeah. <laughs> so, John, now you have to read it. <laughs> All right! <laughs> like how John's, like, moved into another room. Yeah, he's, like, not at the uh, mic. <laughs> <laughs> I was just playing so in my cell phone, and it was this whole operation. Because I'm here, I'm here <laughs> in the radio studio at 96.1 KZL, right? Nothing's going on. And most of the computers are clear in another room down the hall. But I've got one that I use that's not hooked up to any of the soundboard or anything. And it's the only place with a USB port. <laughs> but I got I gotta I should have hit the other mic, which I usually talk from when I'm doing the morning show, and just continued 
and I didn't think about it till now. Um, <laughs> but I, I just left my mic open and decided, eh, if they need me, I'll shout it. <laughs> it works. Yeah, it works. Anyway, it works. Yeah, I'm we'll back. we'll have to talk about the comic next episode. But yes, it. I agree with Adrian that that definitely helps bridge the time in between when we see Maul in Clone Wars to what to what we see in in Rebels. But yeah, I'm gonna man, have to this, read the comic because I never read it. Yes, this episode is. We'll fix that, John. I mean, frankly, it's all right. It's just devastating for Maul. Like, I actually feel bad for him. I did not. I absolutely did not feel bad for him because here comes the emperor. And man, was that glorious. He just strolls in. Yeah. He's just kind of like just knocking guys around on his way in. And all of a sudden it cuts to Maul and he's like, "Uh uh-oh. Yeah. I know who's knocking on the door. Who doesn't get chills? When you hear it's the, like the Imperial March late. playing there when he shows up. Oh, I know it. Oh, I it's know like, oh. it. It's like, yeah. oh, my oh. God. So, so I remember the first time I saw that that scene. That's how impactful it is. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we, we did fast forward over one thing I wanted to bring up, which was this cool Easter egg that um, uh, all the Mando armor, and one set of Mando armor in particular, of the followers of Maul, started to look like Maul. They painted yes. their armor to look like Maul. Yes. And one one Mando even had the horns on their helmet. There are actually several Mandos that have the horns, which I don't know if I noticed the first time, but I was watching it last night on my iPad, so I had it, you know, nice and up close. Sure. I was like, hey, look at that. I know. <laughs> Whoa. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the leader of Death Watch. I'm going to show this guy who I'm totally terrified of that I'm on his side. I'm gluing horns onto my helmet. Who's with me? You know what I mean? Made it easier, yeah. too, to figure out who was fighting who in the big battle sequence. <laughs> Red versus yeah, blue, no, obviously. Much. That's also that, a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was probably the biggest reason, but it worked so well. And it was really cool. It was really cool touch, you know? Anybody else Very, left when Obi-Wan those details. opens the door and it's just like, Total war outside, and he's just kind of staring at it a little bit, like, "Oh God, yeah, really, yeah." That that shot is one of my most favorite in any animated series ever. Ever testify, ever. sister. That was gorgeous. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's it was you so know, cinematic. The, oh, so cinematic. You know what? God, I'm gonna make that so shot good. my Facebook banner because yeah, you're right. I love it. It's, you know, and like even just you're looking at you've got Obi-Wan from behind and you yeah. can just kind of feel he's like, he's like, oh, God, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> this again, like back yeah. where we started. And, right. you know, he, he doesn't obviously give up, but I think there's you can almost get a sense of resignation from him just in that one shot alone. Anyway, that is one of my absolutely most favorite hands down animated scenes ever. Yeah. So, it's yes. Glorious. I yes, it's glorious. Um and so while that's happening, Maul is fighting with the emperor and my yes. very 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 favorite easter egg 
of all of Clone Wars is happening in the background. Okay. There is a mural in yes. the background that is Pablo Picasso. It's it's his his mm, art yes. Guernica, right? But it's all Mando style. But it's mm-hmm. so Pablo Picasso's Guernia. I wish that there was I wish I could get a picture of that of of just that that mural. Uh cuz I used to I used to have a framed portrait of that Picasso print over my bed mm-hmm. for probably oh, cool. oh wow 15 years. I mean that's my my favorite Picasso piece is Guernica. And um uh, there was there was a a long time when I was in high school and stuff where I flat out ripped off Picasso and just tried to paint like him. Uh, he's my favorite artist. And when I saw that in Star Wars, I was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah!" <laughs> and I don't think I noticed it the first time I watched it uh, when I when I watched the series last year or whatever it was. Uh, mm-hmm. But I noticed it this time. <laughs> And 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 I I sent a tweet out to uh, Pablo Hildago, <laughs> and I said, "Was Picasso uh, vacationing on Mandalore at some point and painted a mural?" <laughs> um, help me, Pablo. You're my only hope. I I want to I want a <laughs> screenshot of that, you know. And no reply as of yet. So if anybody knows no. Pablo, tell him to check his damn Twitter. <laughs> <sighs> I think he avoids that most days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, does, yeah. this <laughs> this is a total segue off of that, but I I think there's a is there I think there is an art of the Clone Wars book um that's not in print anymore. Okay. But it would be cool to get that book and see if they had anything about that in there. Um, shouldn't it be too hard to find? I mean, I think I think you're right. I think there is an Art of the Clone Wars book, so... There is. Um, uh, the Art of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, hardcover. Barnes & Noble has it for eighty four ninety six online. <laughs> you can get it used for sixty four ninety nine. you can find it on... Uh, yeah, I think you can find eBay's it eBay's got it for 100 bucks. Um, yeah. So... But it would be cool to see if they had something about that yeah. in there. Yeah. I don't know if there is, but I don't know neither. We'll do some we'll do some uh some Google searching here, man. We'll find it. Then you can print it out. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. It's really cool. To me it's really cool. Yeah, no, the the that's probably like the biggest appeal to me in these Mandalorian episodes as far as uh like outside, like the actual like conflict or whatever, is it's just a very unique looking place with the art, and I find myself looking yeah. at the art pieces yes. on the mm-hmm. walls more than I do with like other episodes on other planets, because <laughs> there is a special attention given there that I, we, I don't think we see anywhere else, or not too often anyway. Like Satine's a well, and it's self portrait thing. Yes, right. you just and... look at that stuff. You're like, huh? You're looking at it. Can't help but not not look at it. And it's interesting that you guys put it like that because when you think about how then we see that manifested later in Rebels with Sabine, who's both an Mm -hmm. artist and a warrior Mandalorian, 
It's like those seeds have been there all along. When you go back and look at these at these episodes, you know, they those seeds have been planted. Like, yes, there's a warrior culture there, but there's obviously also a strong, you know, artistic culture as well. And it's, you know, that's just kind of one of those little details that has carried over. That's just cool to see that like that's, that's actually, totally on point. You're right. Yeah, that's been there since the beginning. So that's very cool. <laughs> Not related to Maul at all, except in the sense that Sabine's probably actually a baby when this is going on. She's probably like an infant. Um, so <laughs> if you want to think about that. I'd watch so. that show. Baby, the Adventures of Baby uh, Sabine. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It It just crossed my mind. Because, you know, she's a few years older than Ezra, right? Mm-hmm. And Ezra is born when the Empire forms and the Republic falls. So she's obviously alive at this point, but just teeny tiny. So it just occurred to me last night that baby Sabine's out there somewhere, maybe coloring with space crayons or something. <laughs> you mean her hair? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Space Chuck on walls. Space, Space Chuck, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> and then her hair after that. Yeah. So, John, I just, so I said earlier that I, this episode makes me kind of feel bad for Maul, but you had the opposite. I absolutely, you, yeah. And it, it starts, it starts before the Emperor walks in the room because the, the whole, the whole scene with him and Obi-Wan where he's baiting Obi-Wan to join the dark side. And he's using every trick in the book to stir that, that dark emotion out of him up to the point of killing the person he was there to rescue, presumably out of, out of love. And Obi-Wan still doesn't succumb. You know, it was a powerful moment. Um, uh, when he, when he killed her and, um, it really makes you hate Maul at that point. And then, oh, good Lord, here come the Emperor. <laughs> and it's, it's Maul's Laying turn the to feel... The, it's Maul's turn to feel small. No pun intended or anything like that. And the Emperor <laughs> takes on Maul and Savage very easily, wicked laughing the whole time. Well, he was having fun. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, this was child's play. So after after him. Maul has just unleashed his fury, um, now here comes the Emperor to show you what real fury is like, and he's barely breaking a sweat, and he just absolutely brutalizes Savage and murders him, and then he just toys with Maul, and I didn't feel bad for Maul at all, not one second. Damn, John, no. you cold. Cold-blooded. Cold. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, from yes, either, actually. you know, he is. They, I mean, I, I feel bad for Savage, not Maul. All right, that's fair. I mean, I guess for me, it just kind of adds to the overall tragicness of Maul's story. I'm not necessarily sad that Maul got smacked down a little bit because yes, I mean, he's done terrible things and he literally this just is, killed 
Satine in front of Obi Wan, all for the right. purpose of revenge. You know, yeah. So and, and this you is know, this that, is one of the one of the few times that Maul loses a battle and still can walk away from it, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe barely, but. Um, but but at the same time, like, yes, so I'm not saying that that Maul doesn't necessarily deserve that. But at the same time, I mean, I think it just adds to the overall tragicness, tragicness. That's a new word of, of his arc, wherein, you know, like Obi-Wan says earlier in this episode, Maul didn't choose to do this path. You know, he was kind of he was put in it and that's all that he's known since he was a child and I mean we can't you know there there is a book out there and I cannot remember what it's called right now about you know kind of Maul's early years and it's a legends book now so not necessarily canon but you know I think a lot of the things that Maul went through with Sidious early on basically you know you would kind of equate to being abused mentally physically emotionally so you know Maul just kind of has at the same time like yes he's done these terrible things but I think he's also had a lot of terrible things that have been done to him and so now in this instance even where he's perhaps getting a much deserved beat down because he has done these terrible things you know he's also at the same time losing another piece of his identity that he had been clinging to, um, in this case, his Sith identity, and then his his brother, who's then killed by Sidious. So, but you know, see, I but I think I know where John's coming from, though, because like you're right, you bring up really good points, right? But going back to the whole Obi Wan uh, comparison, it's what you do with that damage and what you try and make it better that really counts when you have the opportunity to do it or to make a change. And Maul, with every new blow, just kept digging himself in deeper. And he refused to learn. He makes poor choices. He makes really poor choices. Whereas Obi-Wan, if we're going to be going that route, adapts to everything and doesn't let his emotions uh, cloud him. Which he could have easily done at many points during the, the series and the movies. So it's just it's another one of those... Yeah, I feel you sh- I kind of want to feel bad for Maul, but he does a lot of it to himself and he just keeps he keeps taking the wrong lessons from these things. Well, I mean, I guess at this point, given his background, I mean, maybe later, like in Rebels, but like at this point where he's he's trying to reclaim the only thing that he's ever known, I would say. You know, because so much of his his life, you know, up till he got cut in half by Obi-Wan, you know, had obviously been about being a Sith apprentice. And so it's like that, in addition to his revenge, which is out there, but, you know, he's also trying to kind of bring back, you know, kind of claw himself back into that identity, which is the only thing maybe he thinks that he has at this point. I don't know. So I see how... Yeah, he's he's trying to recapture his glory, right? So he's (laughs) he's trying to build himself back up to 
uh, at least where he was or, or heading or maybe something greater than what he was, but down yeah. the dark path that he was already following. So I understand that. Yeah. But at the same so, time, I, mean, so I, see... I have no pity for him either. No, but yeah. I mean, I'm also kind of thinking farther ahead with, with him. It's like even past well, I know, these episodes. Yes. No. And that's what I'm saying. Like later don't on learn. in Rebels, he hasn't really learned. Yes. No, I would I would agree. Um, he renounces but, the Sith and all that. This... But at the same time, he still acts like a Sith. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but but at the same time, like I do, you know, it's not maybe necessarily. Well, I mean, maybe it is. Well, no, I guess I think it's pity, but, you know, a certain sympathy for where he's been and what he's gone through. Obviously, I don't agree with what he's doing, <laughs> taking over a planet, murdering people willy nilly. You know, that's generally not good things, guys. Like, don't. <laughs> but but, you know, given his his life and kind of how his how his youth was shaped and what he's been through i do have a certain sympathy for where that puts him but yes he makes terrible choices and he doesn't really learn um even after this you think maybe he has but that's for another episode so won't get into that yet (laughs) come back we'll revisit this conversation (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So putting a cap on on everything that this arc presents to us, uh, what are your overall thoughts? And we'll start with you, Adrian. Overall thoughts? Uh, About this arc. This is the arc that makes Maul interesting. Like, legit interesting. Like, he made, made him his own, like, unique character. The last arc we saw him in, you know, it was cool and all, really, really, really great stuff. But it's the continuation of that in this that really, where he really grew into his own, his own thing. He was disconnected from the Sith. He was disconnected from, from everything, and he started making his own, uh, path in a way. And it just leads to some interesting places. So everything before this was in a way just set up for. These last two episodes of the, the this uh, little three part arc, I think, and it was done beautifully overall. I love them. Cat Ray. I mean, I have to agree with Adrian in that sense. Like these three episodes are really well done, and I think not only do they do kind of a good job of setting up kind of their own contained trilogy. But it also sets up for some really interesting development with Maul further on down the line. And to me, you know, these are these are excellent episodes in the sense that, like, you, you know, I have both (laughs) sympathy and not sympathy for Maul. I can see where he's a sympathetic character, but also (laughs) at the same time not feel a lot of sympathy for him based on what he's done. So it's complex like that. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I mean, I, I agree with Adrian. These these episodes really help cement Maul as an interesting character. A third dim- three-dimensional character. 
a three-dimensional character. Definitely more fleshed out than the cool-looking, red-and-black, cloaked, double-bladed lightsaber guy we have in The Phantom Menace. And these episodes (laughs) do an excellent job of that. Yeah, I I agree. I think you start to really see his cunning. You really get to, to really understand what helps make him tick and how he is he is a, a character that will do anything to further his own advancement at this point and exact his revenge against Obi-Wan because ultimately that's what what this this whole thing is is really setting him up him setting himself up for obviously he's he is trying to become a rival to the emperor or at least try to win his favor in some weird way which gets completely kiboshed, and um, he needs an army to do it. And so he very cleverly works out a way to create at least the seed of an entire army by taking over all the stuff that he's taken over in in this arc. Um, But ultimately, in the end, everything fails for him. I mean, and sorry. and 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 Maul is left broken and almost back to where we see him when he's mm-hmm. reintroduced. Except, you know, minus he's got better legs now. <laughs> <laughs> True. And he doesn't have a brother anymore. Adrian, you were gonna bring up a point. Maul is ultimately a character that keeps trying to find his own his own space, his own thing in this giant galaxy and constantly being rejected it. I think that's where the pity comes from that Cat Ray's talking about. Just overall bigger, bigger picture with Maul. It's, it's that he's struggling and trying so hard and constantly failing that he just, to an extent, not, not. I feel a little like bad. A, it's like, yeah. damn, dude, if things yeah. were a little, if you, if you, if you would take the right lesson from this, oh, you could totally, totally find your peace. <laughs> If you could just get past this baggage with Kenobi, this this thing that happened like 30 years ago later on <laughs> or 15 years ago or whatever at this point in the Clone Wars, just no, dude, just get over that and you things would be so much better for you. But that's oh, but, but it was so like, close to victory. He was right there. He had it all. Oh, but Adrian. And then the Emperor came an, in. <laughs> yeah. But Adrian, that's such an excellent point, which kind of further illustrates like the Maul Obi Wan being the inverse of each other. Like Obi Wan is able to let it go, you mm-hmm. know, he's got that Jedi mindset, and then Maul, like he just can't on the Sith side, like forever until they finally meet again twenty years later, or what, you know, whatever it is. You know, it's like he can't, he can't let it go. So, ooh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. So good. Uh-huh. Darn tootin'. Well, speaking of letting it go, what do you say we <laughs> let things go and start wrapping up this episode? Adrian, what is the next episode going to look like? That's a good question, because the next round of mall-centric, ooh, wait, no, no, <laughs> never mind. How awesome would it be if, like, Filoni and Lucasfilm just kind of surprised us and be like, oh, by the way, here's the Siege of Mandalore episodes. 
Because that's going to give us some new mall material, we're not, too. We're not going to get those. In the, we no. won't see those for a while. Not in time for this, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next. I don't think... I don't think Maul will enter into it anyway. No, dude, he's at the Siege of Mandalore. He is there. Yeah, him and Ahsoka. Ahsoka Dang takes it. on Maul during that. Okay. So we're right. we're getting a new Maul right. material in, in this revival. Ooh, okay, cool, cool. I, I wasn't aware. That, that's what I mean, yep. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's a good question, because next uh, episode focuses on Son of Dathomir comics, which is the conclusion to this arc that, was, that wasn't allowed to be concluded because of the cancellation so, mm-hmm. first things first, we got to get you, get you this comic, John. Well, you know, honestly, I just did a little googling, and I could I could probably buy it for like five bucks online. Um, but yeah. I've also noticed on YouTube, somebody has gone through the the painful process of um, <laughs> of recording it on YouTube and voicing the whole thing. So, I'm not gonna lie. Can, that's how I read some of my comics too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hadn't seen this before. Uh, I mean, not since like early TV animation used to be like that. Essentially, is like they turn the page of a comic book and like they make these fan-produced loud. motion comics. That right, great yeah, area yeah. of legality, but it's appreciated. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I might just take the easy way out. And try to experience it that way. You know what, John? Go ahead and, and send me that link, and I'll, I'll, because I, I should probably like reread it too. It's been a while, so I'll, okay. I'll, I'll re-experience right. it with you that way. That sounds fun. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. So, I'll, uh, I'll do that. <laughs> and, uh, and if if I'm feeling like halfway through it, like no, this ain't cutting it. I'll just go buy it. And I guess I'll just pull up my old e copy of it. There you go. <laughs> All right, so for the first time in our podcast history, we'll all be talking about a comic book. Woo-hoo. So tune in to next episode for for groundbreaking stuff for us, but we've all been there. We've all read Star Wars comics in the past. But uh, for the first time on this podcast, we'll all be talking about the same one in depth. That'll be cool. <laughs> so tune in next week, folks. When you'll hear Cat Ray say... What am I supposed to say? <laughs> Perfect, yes! Meow? I was going to go with meow. meow. I was hoping he, she would meow. Yeah. But... <laughs> no, this, this is where you just fill in the blank with something ridiculous. So let's try it again. Tune in next week, folks, when you'll hear Cat Ray say... I have a huge crush on Darth Maul. <gasps> Scandal! <laughs> yeah, that's very ridiculous. Well played, well played. Adrian, let's wrap this up. Where can the good people find us? The good people can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Force Fan Podcast. And they can find me personally at Twitter and Instagram at Blue Lab Pro. And on my portfolio website, BlueLabPro.com. Where I how's am. The, uh, how's yeah, the movie challenge going? I'm doing the movie challenge. Uh, watching 365 movies this year once a day. And then making a loop cinemagraph for each movie. And yeah, today was day 237, 38. <laughs> I am like almost, I can see the finish line and my God, is it, it's, oh my God, I just need to get there, man. It looks so, so comfortable over there. <laughs> After you're done, how long is it going to be before you go see a movie? Well, probably not too long. Give but two it'll, days. Okay. It'll, it'll be nice not have to make a cinemagraph about it or be compelled to see a movie. I can just I do bet. it for fun. Yeah. 
Cool. Cool. Carrie, how about you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cat Ray. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that John Fred, and on my Facebook page, John K. Frederick. That's going to wrap things up for this week, folks. We had a fantastic job being reunited on the podcast again. Thanks again to Cat and Adrian for holding down the fort last week when I was on vacation. You guys, honestly, you, you knocked it out of the park. And, um, <laughs> and I felt, uh, I listened to it and I felt the love and the support. And you guys did a great job. So thanks again for uh, giving me a little time off. <laughs> it's all no good, problem. brother. We, mi- we missed you. We're glad you're back. I missed you guys too. And I'm glad to be back. That's going to do it, folks. May the force be with you. And then some. Bye, guys. May the force be with you.